0: plushcare.com slash weight loss well
1: it's a football friday as the bucks host miami and their preseason home opener tonight at raymond james stadium who needs to have a good performance which players are running out of time and bruce arian says he can cut the roster to 60 players now can some guys still change his mind we've got all that and tom jones my former radio partner and former columnist of the Tampa Bay Times, now of the Pointer Institute on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Verstek. Hey, if you'd like to sponsor a portion of this podcast, we've got lots of new ways you can do that. Our advertisers are having great success. Hey, and you will too. Now, here's what you do. For information, go to Twitter, contact us at Sports Day TV, or you can reach me at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud.com. At TampaBay.com, we'd love to have you guys be part of our team. All right, so it's Bucks Dolphins tonight at Raymond James Stadium. You can feel the excitement. Actually, uh, it's good for them to be home. They're not going to be home much this year. We know that. They're going to have seven weeks where they don't play a game in Tampa Bay, so take advantage of this one. Don't expect to see the starters very much, Steve. I mean, I think that they'll play about as much, maybe a little bit more than they did in the preseason opener at Pittsburgh. It'll, depending on how the game goes, but since they had those practices earlier this week with the Dolphins, they got a lot of good work in with the first team. So they don't they just simply don't want to like risk those guys to any kind of injury during the game. So if they have a nice first drive, that could be it. Maybe if they go three and out, they have two drives, but they're not gonna be in there very long. And that's okay because we all, you know, if you're Bruce Arians, you know what Mike Evans and Jameis Winston and those guys, you want to see them function, you wanna see them play well, as well as the the number one defense but you just don't want to risk them to injury, so we'll see how that goes. There are some guys, though, you know, and I mentioned that Bruce Arians said the other day.
2: You know, we had those two practices all of spring, so our rookies have gotten close to 500 snaps, uh, so we, we kind of know what they can do now. Uh, it would be easy to cut down to 60 right now um, for me, but again, we've, we've got the preseason games coming up. And maybe guys can show up more when the lights come on than they have in practice.
1: You can cut it to 60 players. There's 61 if you include the eight practice squad guys. So that means that you know if you're trying to make this this team, you're going to have to show something in the second game. But even for the guys, some that are going to make this team, Bruce Arians has called a few players out. One of those was their second-round pick, Sean Murphy Bunting, the kid from Central Michigan. Now, you know Murphy Bunting is battling for the nickelback spot with M.J. Stewart, who's returning from last year. And it is a battle. I thought, you know, in OTAs, he looked very, very good. He was a guy that made a lot of plays. Then he got in the game. And I thought it was really fascinating. I wrote a story about this in today's Tampa Bay Times of sort of you forget that, you know, the majority of these players in their secondary are from all SEC schools. I mean, they've got, you know, Alabama, Texas A&M, Kentucky right across the board, right? And so those are big-time schools that that play in huge stadiums and, and sort of, against you know, nationally ranked opponents every week, pretty much. So maybe the bright lights of the NFL wouldn't affect them as much. You know who it had affected? Sean Murphy Bunting. You know why? He played for Central Michigan. I was looking it up. Steve, they played their rivals, Western Michigan, in a game where the announced attendance was around or under 10,000. And the actual people in the stands now, it wasn't a nice day. It was a raw day. There was wind. There was rain. There was cold. It was everything. But the people at the uh, newspaper counted in one section of the stadium, on one half of the stadium, 275 people. Ouch. I mean, it was empty. Empty. So they, their teams average less than 15,000 at all their games, right? Then you walk into Heinz Field, <laughs> you know, and your parents are there and your family's there. And it's your first NFL game. And you, you put on the game uniform for the first time and you run out there and even though they weren't playing, hey, there's Ben Roethlisberger, right? There's James Conner. There's all these guys you've, you've you know, all these guys you've seen on television. And even though it wasn't a huge crowd at Heinz Field, it's Heinz Field. You saw it in a Batman movie, for God's sakes. So all of a sudden, what happened to Sean Murphy Bunting by his own admission? Game sped up on him really fast. <laughs> he was like, "Man, I didn't realize the speed. You know, it just it, it was just a lot faster than I expected." And even though I was in position to make some plays, I didn't make any plays. And we know that Bruce Arians called him out. He called him out in the media. I'm sure he did it to his face beforehand, or certainly Sean read it in the media. You know, I had a chance to talk to Sean Murphy Bunting about his first game, and here's what he
0: had to say.
2: What does work like this do for you when you're able to go up against a team for a couple of days? To be able to work against another team?
0: Um, I mean, it just gets you prepared yeah. for everything around across the league. Um, And it it always feels good not being against your team all the time and just getting different perspectives um, of different people and stuff like that. So uh, it's exciting at times. It's fun at times. But it's always competitive.
2: Tell me about your first game, just how you think that win and, and, uh, you know, just kind of how I think Bruce said that you were in position and and he Mm -hmm. just would have liked to see you make plays.
0: Right. Uh, I mean, I would say obviously it wasn't my best game, um, but I got the first game jitters out of the way. Yeah. I mean, it kind of felt good to get back in the groove of it. But obviously, like he said, I was in a position to make plays, but next time I have to make those plays. I can't, you know, give up certain plays and really give up any plays and kind of establish you know, the identity that I want for myself.
2: Do you like that he calls out you guys? I mean, he does it to you first before he tells us. But I mean, like, do you like the fact that you know he expects so much of you? I know you expect uh, ab- a lot of yourself. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I mean, he holds everyone accountable. Um, and he holds you to the highest standard possible, so that's all you can really ask for from a coach, right? Um, and it just keeps you motivated and keeps you keeps you grinding and work, you know, that much harder.
2: And so, how do you think from week one to week two will be for you now that you've been you've been out there, obviously? And-
0: um, I know it will go by a lot better. Yeah, um, you know, I still have that high confidence that I had before. Sure, um, but I know that now I have to play, you know, a lot faster. At the NFL, the game speed is a lot faster and stuff right. like that. And so i um, just being out there quicker being out there for that first game and kind of, you know, open my eyes and show me, you know, how fast you have to decide on what you're going to do how fast things going.
2: Yeah, I mean, until you're on the grass, you really don't know what there's preseason speed practice speed right, exactly. right Yes,
0: Exactly.
1: Of course, Bruce Arian said that he just thought, you know, the bright lights got him and th- and that happens sometimes. Now, if you look at guys that go from the first preseason game to the second, that's where you usually see the biggest improvement in the rookies because they've been out there, right? They, their heart rate slows down a bit. They haven't been in Tampa, so that'll be a new experience for them. At Raymond James, there'll be a little excitement with that. But hopefully Sean uh, Murphy-Bunting will play better. You'll have a chance to look at Jamel Dean. He came back. He wasn't able to play in the first game because of a hamstring injury. He actually had a really good practice earlier this week against the Miami Dolphins, and so they need to see something out of him. They want to see their rookies perform. You know, I thought Devin White did a nice job. He wasn't in there long. But he didn't do what Devin Bush did from the University of Michigan, who played for Pittsburgh and had 10 tackles. So you'd like to see Devin White be in on a few more plays. He actually ran the defense pretty well. You just want to see those rookies show up and make an impact. And even some of the guys, particularly the pass rushers, the edge rushers, guys on the second team. Bruce Arians, you know, called out cousin Daniels, you know, who is the great story, of course, about the kid that, you know, is legally blind in one eye and trying to make it as an undrafted free agent, but he's, a, he's an outside linebacker or a pass rusher. Look, they got no JPP. Vita Vea is going to miss at least the entire preseason, if not be back in time for the regular season opener. So they're looking for guys to step up, and they're looking for their rookies to step up in particular because these are the guys you've invested in. And, you know, if it comes down to it, you'd rather keep someone you drafted than maybe somebody that, that just walked off the street. Along those lines, the guy who won't play that's not helping himself is Scotty Miller. And John Romano wrote a column about this in the Tampa Bay Times yesterday, how you know Arians called him out and said, I want to see him get his bleep back on the practice field. Boy, well, he's got a hamstring injury. And you know, that's a fine line that coaches walk, Steve, between, you know, wanting to see a guy and sort of and sort of letting him know that publicly and privately and then you know, also understanding that, well, if he's not cleared medically, you, you as a coach you have no business poking your head into that. You know what I mean? Like, he wants to be out there, but until he's cleared by doctors, they're not going to put him out there and risk further injury. I mean, a hamstring is a tricky thing. You go out there too soon, you tear that thing bad enough, you need surgery, or if it comes off the bone, your season is over. So better to be, you know, a little overly cautious. But by the same token, you know, there are guys that are – pushing for starting jobs, and he's going to have a tough time holding them off. Now, he did a lot of things in the OTAs. When he's healthy, he has elite speed. He's kind of more of a Deshaun Jackson type than an Adam Humphreys type that can, you know, play in the slot and that sort of thing. But he is not going to play in this game, and so that means that he'll have the third preseason game and the fourth where they'll play mostly rookies and and young guys to sort of prove that he is the player they saw in the offseason and he can do it when the lights are on, much like Sean Murphy Bunting sort of froze, can this guy make plays when you really need to have them made? So, you know, that's that's all part of the evaluation process. And I think, you know, the Bucks would also like to build for Ronald Jones on what he did in the first preseason game. He wasn't Gale Sayers. He didn't break a 90-yard run or anything like that. But, you know, he was productive in the running game. He caught a pass. You'd like to see him continue to make plays and – run the ball well, you know, pick up the blitz, do those things that he's supposed to do so he could be a three-down player. Because I'm here to tell you, I think Peyton Barber will wind up starting week one against the 49ers simply because of his experience and sort of how you, the confidence level you have in him. But in short order, if Ronald Jones does what he's supposed to do, he's going to be running back one on this football team because he just gives you so much more explosion in the running game. So those are a lot of guys, I think, that have to have big days. I don't know, again, how much Blaine Gabbard will play. There's a lot of fear about losing your backup quarterback, so you could see much more Ryan Griffin, who threw for like 330 yards in, in the season opener, the preseason opener at Pittsburgh. Hopefully he won't have to endure you know that much playing time. But that's sort of the situation they're in right now. They, they want to protect their quarterbacks, and you certainly understand that. Bruce Arian says he's going to carry three. Um, we'll see when it comes down to the final cutdown just just how they feel about that because, you know, one of those guys is going to be inactive every week. And if you still have injuries with Vita Vea or Levante David, they count against your roster. You still don't know if Justin Evans is going to come off the PUP. We don't know what Jason Pierre-Paul, ultimately what his situation will be later on in the year. So there's a lot of guys you're going to have to sort of account for on that 53-man, 61-man roster when you include practice squads. All right. So across the bay, the Rays return home tonight against the Detroit Tigers. And to talk about the Rays and the Bucks, we're joined by my old radio partner, Tom Jones. Tom, I on Twitter, you know, we get these folks that uh, sometimes tweet us at SportsDayTB, and yeah. one of them, uh, you probably saw it because you were mentioned in it, um, <laughs> says, uh, "Does Tom Jones still think the Rays are going to lose a hundred games?"
3: I d- no, I never thought they'd lose a hundred. <laughs> I thought or no, they,
1: that, how about they'd be a 500 team? Is oh, that what I you did said? say that, right.
3: I did say that. Okay, that, <laughs> I, I, did say that. I,
1: I misquoted the the uh, tweet. It's That's, Does Tom Jones still think they're going to be a 500 team?
3: I don't. uh. uh there's I 21 guess.
1: games. As we do this podcast, you've got a 21-game disadvantage, my friend. If
3: they, if they keep putting Alvarado in the games like they did <laughs> on, uh, on Tuesday night, there's a chance that they end up at 500. But, uh, no, clearly not. I mean, I'll tell you, Rick, I'm stunned. I'm stunned by... What this team has accomplished. And I've come on this podcast a bunch of times uh, over the past couple of months. And every time I do, whoever t- tweeted in, I, yeah, you're right. I kept saying they're a 500 team. I didn't like their pitching staff. I didn't like the back end of their bullpen, although they seem to fix that with, with the guy they picked up from, uh, from Miami. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I'll tell you, I, I watched them again on Tuesday night against San Diego and uh, watched them rally after falling behind. Yeah, you fall behind 4 1. Right. In the first inning, you're like, okay, that's the, you're you're gonna lose some time anyway, and then I walked away for a while, and came back, and all of a sudden they're up seven to four, and I'm I'm amazed by their lineup. I'm amazed that they're that they're getting the starting pitching that they're getting, and no, clearly they're gonna be a bet. They're gonna finish better than five hundred, and now it's a question about whether they're gonna make the wild card. It's gonna be, I look at their schedule. Their schedule is not bad. The rest of mm. year they, they do have a tough stretch where they, I still think they have to play Houston. You have to play the Dodgers. They got another trip out west that they have to make, including the yeah. Dodgers. Uh I think they got Yankees and they got a long series against the Red Sox. But other than that, a lot of Baltimore's on there, a lot of uh Toronto's, um, a couple other teams that that aren't Detroit. Some teams mm-hmm. they can beat up on. And if they can if they can do that, I think they're you know, they're going to be a playoff team. I think Boston's out, so I, basically what it's coming down to, and I think Cleveland will pass Minnesota the Central. That's so, Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, so I think it's going to basically, basically come down to the Twins, the A's, and the Rays, and, and whichever whichever two of those three teams – well, I actually, instead of saying which, whichever two of those three teams can get hot, whichever two of those three teams can avoid a bad slump will be right. the team that, that wins the division. And the way this team hits right these days and, and pitches well enough – I don't see them going into a prolonged slump, so I I think they can make it.
1: Yeah, the, the weird thing is is sort of how they've they've continued to add pieces here and there, and they're scoring just enough runs, right? I mean, Matt Duffy comes back; they they get you know they make some trades. It's not an imposing lineup by any means, but they're doing just enough. You know what's weird is that this team is so far better. They're only like I think three games over five hundred at home, and like seventeen over five hundred on the yeah. road. Yeah. Yeah. Never and seen anything like it. No, which I don't, bodes I, well for when they go to Montreal and play half the season there. <laughs> that's
3: right. They'll go eighty-one and zero. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And All they have to do is win twenty games at the at the Trop, and they'll be fine. Um, I, again, this team is is uh, is impressing me. That you're right. They they throw guys in the lineup, uh, and they play well. Uh, they they I think defensively overall have, have done a pretty decent job. And and they've gotten some production out of their catchers and and gotten some good play out of their catchers, which they finally, get. So, yeah. yeah. So I look, that team overall, it's yeah. So to answer to answer the original question, yeah, I think they're better than five hundred, but I, I still worry about their bullpen in really high leverage situations. So getting, it's one thing if they if they need to get, you know, six outs or or it's trying to patch together eight, 10, 12 outs in a game. That's when it's start, when you start to get a little nervous about it.
1: It looks like Emilio Pagan though is is yeah. kind of settled into that closer role. He still gives up a ton of home runs, which brings us to Kevin Cash. Ugh. Listen, um I it's hard you know as we sit here and do this, there're 21 games over 500, right? So far be it from somebody like myself to tell Kevin Cash how to how to manage his pitchers. He's done just fine. Thank you. However, <laughs> uh as Stephen A would say, I digress. What about the other day, and, and, you know, you can go back to Charlie Morton if you want to. That's fine. But Charlie's been around for 100 years, and, you know, he's probably had the ball taken away from him in the fifth inning before, I suppose. But Ryan Yarbrough is one out of way. Nobody on base. I thought John Romano wrote a good column in the he Times did. about it. And I know people are disagreeing with me a little bit on Twitter because I know the you know the ultimate goal is to win the damn game, right? They, they don't hand out merit badges for these things. But three years since the Razor pitch a complete game, it just seemed like he was dominant. Um, the worst that happens is they hit a home run and, and, you know, they tie the game up there because there's nobody on base. And, yeah, maybe you lose, um, I suppose. But does don't you think in a game played by a human – you know, I, we talked to Mark Topkin about this yesterday, and he said, you know, he's talked to Ryan Yarbrough, he's talked to other players, and it doesn't seem to be a really a big thing that's lingering. But, man, if you kept doing this, I think at some point you would have a problem on your hands.
3: Rick, you played baseball a long time, and, and I you know, I've gotten – yeah, I wrote something on Twitter the other day as soon as it happened. I wrote it before he even before they got the yeah. Last me out too, without me even too. knowing what happened. Yeah, I saw your your tweets as well, and everybody seemed to weigh in on it, and everybody had an opinion on it, and and I got the same pushback that you did after i said boy you yeah. got it you know you got to let him and they stay said it. And
1: they it. said scoreboard after the Score- game was that's over that's
3: right after the game was a scoreboard you got to win all that matters is to win no players are more important than notice that thing.
1: nobody tweeted that before you know if the guy had jacked one there off of right. Pagan, right you know i wonder what what they would have said but anyway
3: but I, but Rick, you're you know you played the game a long time, and you know there's some there there comes a point where sometimes you like to know that the manager has your back. Exactly. And I'm not saying that that Ryan Yarbrough is going to carry this for the rest of the year or these po- walking around the clubhouse. Po- no, he I don't won't. know. You talk to Mark, and Mark says that everything's fine with him, um, and and I believe that. But there will come a moment, at some point, that Ryan Yarbrough is not going to be happy about, it. and it's going to come up again at some point. I. I just think this type of thing—if the goodwill you would have earned with that, with that, with that player, and with some of the other players in that clubhouse—I'm not saying it'd been worth losing a game for, but it might have been worth losing the game for. It—it's to—if to, no one in the world would have blamed Kevin Cash for leaving him in there, and nobody if he gives up the home run. Everybody would have said, "Well, you know what." it's he, he the guy was cruising that's the other thing it wasn't even like he was no
1: he was dominant he was absolutely dominant
3: i i just don't get it rick and i you know a couple of years gets reminded me i was talking to somebody at the pointer it's roy peter clark who's a big sports fan and we were talking about this the other day and i mentioned that and, and I know it's a little bit different, but I, when Marty St. Louis didn't make the Olympic team a few years ago. Yes. And I brought up the thing. I said, you watch. This is going to linger. And everybody told me you you're said crazy. It, you
1: said it from the very first day. In fact, you said it to me before you said it on the radio when we were it doing did, our show I'm that day. I'm telling
3: time. you, I knew it. I know you, I know athletes, Rick. I know them. I may not. Maybe I don't. People say, well, you don't know what it's like to be a baseball player. Fine. I know what baseball players feel because I'm in that clubhouse. That's I, right. I, I, I've been in a million clubhouses. I've talked to a million athletes. I know what makes them tick. And I knew the day that that happened with Marty St. Louis was going to linger. And you know what? A week after I talked to Marty St. Louis, oh, everything's fine. No, oh, it's over. I've, I've I've forgotten about it. Blah blah blah. It never went away. And mm. I'm not saying this is going to turn into Ryan Ryan Yarbrough, get me out of here. But right. there, there is a, I, you're basically what you told Ryan Ryan Yarbrough the other day was, you. I don't trust you to get this last out. You've you've cruised through what you were two over to minimum, three over to minimum. You've you've done a great job for thirty batters and ninety nine pitches, but I don't think you can get one more. And how can you, know, you tell tell a guy that after he's pitched well, the way he is? And he'll never. Oh, by the way, Rick, he'll never pitch a complete game in his life. I don't think. Not now. That was his one. chance. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> I mean, if you're if yeah. you're not, that's not your complete game. When it's ever going to be? I just I just thought he had. There was a lot of goodwill that could have been earned there, even if he lost. I I, I think the, the goodwill earned there would have would have meant a lot to Ryan Yarbrough
1: the key is is that you know Marty St. Louis was a whole career
3: yeah
1: and he felt slighted Ryan Yarbrough is just beginning his career and he felt slighted so you know the fact is is they got a lot of guys on that race teams with the exception of maybe Charlie Morton who's been through everything um that don't really have sort of the the high ground to say what are you why are you getting me you know what I mean like mm-hmm. you know he just hasn't his career, even though he has a terrific record, his career isn't far enough along the road yet where he can say, "I'm not giving you this baseball," you know. Um, so there's that. But yeah, I, I mean the other the other part of this, Tom, is that, and I like Kevin Cash. I think he's done a remarkable yeah, job. Me too. I think they were right they were right to extend him. I've been around him. You've been around him. He handles this situation, which isn't fair, by the way. Um, and he's not complaining about it. He's he's managing in his hometown um, for now and nobody comes to the games, and he has a winning team, and he's outgunned and outspent and everything else, um, you know, 300-1. But that said, um, there is this feeling that the front office, it's the tail wagging the dog, that you're, yeah, right. you're taking out guys because that's what a chart told you to do.
3: Right. Yeah, so, I
1: mean, what use is the manager at that point?
3: Right. And I saw a lot of those tweets, too, that was like, oh, well, yeah. don't blame Kevin Cash, blame the, the Well, guy yeah. Who- the guy who's, uh, who works in the basement over there who, who tells him what to do. There's
1: a guy behind a curtain, the Wizard, and he's pulling all the, all the buttons, right?
3: I, I'm just telling you, Rick, there's going to come a time, and it may not be this year, it may be next year, where Ryan Yarbrough's cruising. Yeah. And instead of thinking about the next hitter, he's going to look over at that dugout to see that's if Kevin Cash point. is coming to get him. Uh, that's and a right. That'll never go away because of what happened in that game. I'm not trying to make a bigger deal on it than it is. No,
1: no, I know it's.
3: It's not there. They're not going to lose it People, it's are, aren't going to revolt against this team. They're, you're not going to no. not get free agents because like it's not going to be that. good yeah, impact. Yeah. Just saying, Rick, that when your boss and this goes for any business, when your boss tells you, you know what, I trust you. You go go do your job. I trust mm-hmm. you, and after you've done a really good job, had a really good day at work, it means a lot. You run through a wall through that guy. I'm just, that's uh, true. I'm just tell you right, Kevin Cash is not Ryan Yarbrough's favorite guy right now. No, and a lot of people smart. might say, well, "What do I care?" Well, Ryan just go do your job. Well, yeah. he was doing his job, and then he was told he wasn't good enough to do his job.
1: Right. Yeah, no, it's good. Those are all really, really good points. All right, did you have a chance to uh, check out at all the uh, Bucks' uh, first episode of uh, Bruce Arians? Regime when they went to Pittsburgh. To your town, Tommy. Yeah, to my
3: town. Let me tell uh, you,
1: it was gorgeous up there. The weather, oh my God. It was, uh, yeah, I was like 58 at night, 77 during the day. I was in heaven.
3: Yeah. Did you end up, I bet you the tailgaters, all those uh, Pittsburgh guys out there, Growing up, the brats and the kibasa. I
1: don't know. Uh, they the might have been. There wasn't. It wasn't heavily attended. It wasn't like a lot of yeah. people stuck. I mean, you know, Ben wasn't playing. Nah, they're all Connor sitting at home n- watching no, the 19th. yeah, yeah, Super Nobody Bowl
3: ten playing. highlights or whatever because that's what people <laughs> in Pittsburgh do. Seriously, right. they cram into their Franco Harris jerseys from. Uh, that don't fit him anymore. Um, exactly. I did watch the game and or at least the first, you know, the, the parts first that Madden, drive. Yeah.
1: The drive is, as Bruce Arians calls it, the it drive, really the good. perfect, the perfect drive.
3: It was good. It was really it was good. good. Yeah, look, yeah. I, I, on one hand, you, you always side it. It's, whenever a team doesn't do well in the preseason, you say, ah, it's, it's only preseason. Yeah, You're it's not really drive. showing it. yeah. yeah. But and so you can't, you know, There's yeah. you have to do it the other way, too, that I don't know what the Steelers, what kind of defenses right. they were throwing out there. Well, they, they there. didn't
2: have anybody
1: on defense either that they were playing. I think five guys on both sides of the ball were starters.
3: Right. So – as you could sit there and say, "Well, no big deal," but at the same time, if only if if the other team's only going to have five of their starters out there, you better not go three and out. <laughs> yeah. Um But the things that you look for, the things that you, the two things that you wanted to see out of this team is one, could they run the football a little bit, and yep. they did; they ran the football mm-hmm. pretty well in that drive. Yeah, they did. And and the other thing was, could, could James? How did James look? Jameis looked great. I thought he made some nice throws. I thought the protection was pretty good. When it broke down the one time, he scrambled out and, and made a Jameis type of play by, by running for twenty yards or whatever it was. Um, I I it was a really good it was a really good performance. And this this is what this is what they're going to have to look like, Rick, if they're going to have success. They're going to have to be able to run the football, protect the quarterback, and Jameis has to make, make not you know they took a shot didn't hit on it fine yep, but he didn't. Yep. You know, he didn't throw it. In. There was no throws that were where you're going, oh, there's Jameis again. No. Right, let's, let's wait till we get to the regular season because I keep reading this every time. I'm not picking on you, Rick, but I, every time I pick up a Jameis, here, okay, here's the Jameis this year story. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. I know I got to do protect football. <laughs> I, read, well, I read this story. I read that column. I've read that column forty-two times. Well, he does need to protect the football. No, but he never does. But every day, okay, this is it. This is it. I'm not. I'm, this, this year, year it's
1: yeah. I, it's it's the kiss off, and I keep it simple, stupid. It's like, yeah, I just, I, you know, I just got to keep it simple. Just got to keep it simple. The one thing Arians does, you'll see schematically, um, and I think we saw it Friday night last week, was. He makes, his receiver, he makes his running backs available to the quarterback. You know, it wasn't like Dirk Cutter was looking to throw, you know, swing passes all day. I mean, Dirk right. wanted to drive the ball. I mean, Arians does too. But Arians, he'll split those backs out of the backfield. Now, the downside of that is Jameis better get the ball out of his hands or he's going to get killed. Sure. Because there's not enough guys. You can't block, you know, six guys with five. So, it's really the offensive line in him responsible for negating the pass rush. But – Inasmuch as he does have the running backs available to him more than he used to, so why not, you know, if if those defensive backs are going to drop back 15 yards, you know, why, why not take the underneath stuff? If a guy makes a guy miss, maybe Ronald Jones turns back into Ronald Jones and he goes somewhere. So, I mean, th- think that's sort of, you know, what's going to help Jameis is that, yeah, he has to make better decisions and, and, and utilize those guys, but they're available to him. They really – it really wasn't as much as it is emphasized now, you know, with what with what Arians does. And I, I like I, I liked it.
3: Yeah, not I'm not expecting Ronald Jones to turn into a, a type of back like a like a Le'Veon Bell or no. Saquon Barkley where he's gonna catch, you know, eighty balls or ninety balls no. or something like that. But what it does and having watched some of those teams in years past who do use their running but the other team has to count a little bit. Even they may sure not they, do. they may not you know, game plan because you say, Okay, we're just gonna keep everything in front of us. But that, there comes a moment I saw a lot with the Steelers when when Le'Veon Bell was back there. The other team had to, okay, we at least have to like, yeah, pay a little bit of attention to that guy. Well, of guy. course you do. So if you could do that, I, I liked I liked that drive. It, it was one drive. We'll see more as time goes on here. They'll get some work this week against the, uh, against the Dolphins in the scrimmage mm-hmm. games as well. Um, but you said in practice you've seen Jameis look – better than you he got better
1: while. he's evened out a little bit yeah he started out he's pretty rough um through a lot of interceptions early on and then now I think you know it's sort of I mean then that happens and you know when you it's sort of like the hit you know the pitchers are ahead of the hitters usually or mm-hmm. vice versa I can't remember which in spring training maybe it's the hitters ahead of the pitchers I don't know but one of those and, and you know the defense is typically in much better shape because they're just reacting where you're you know an offense you're trying to snap the ball, you know, handle the ball, avoid the rush, make the right protections, this guy has to run the right route, throw the right ball. So it, the execution requires, you know, a lot more, you know, synchronization than the defense does where you can just play fast. So I think in the beginning he was really rough, and then um, he's he sort of leveled off. He sort of had, you know, he's stacking good days, you know, and um, he still makes a mistake now and then, but usually it's because the receiver ran the wrong route or something like that been really good in the red zone um you know Jameis, i mean he's not um he's not lacking for confidence but but this year you hear him saying more like hey if i can just play simple and i mean look that's what that's what these guys do in the nfl they got to get to be about 28 29 there's not many guys like you know russell wilson that wins a super bowl in their first few years ben roethlisberger because he was carried by a good defense in a running game i mean you don't see many young guys you see 30 well in this case 41 year olds um, winning Super Bowls because they've mastered the puzzle, you know, and they all can play. If you couldn't throw, you wouldn't be in the NFL. Sure, sure. But I think, I think once they figure out sort of like you've seen every blitz, right. You've made every read you've, you've done, made every throw, um, you know, and, and you learned that, you know, it's, it's about, you know, giving yourself three more plays and then three more plays after that and so on. And then you do, Sometimes you do have to, you know, try to squeeze it in the window. But maybe you don't do it at, you know, under this certain look or uh, this situation in the game. So, you know, for Jameis, I think, and I think he's going to have a good year if he stays healthy. I, I question whether, you know, in Arian's scheme, I've seen a lot of quarterbacks get hit. I question whether he's going to hold up. Um, but you know, that that remains to be seen. They're really thin on defense. They're starting to get injuries now. They got all the young secondary back there. They got a lot of guys hurt, especially with Vita Veya now up front, which you know two years in a row for this guy. Um, and I know he doesn't try to get hurt, but no, and he can't you know, get
3: mad at guy. But it's it's sort of like the way I used to feel about Matt Duffy, you know. It's yeah,
1: like, I don't want to hear his name until he's in a lineup until you know? he's playing. That's right. Yeah. Hey, have you seen any uh, any of my boy John Gruden in Hard Knocks? You seen any of these highlights? <laughs>
3: I have, boy, what a! But I was just, I was just watching something a little while ago. We're taping this on on uh, Wednesday morning, and I was watching Get Up, and and they were talking about Antonio Brown, and somebody was just saying that that I guess Mike Tomlin, I call us listen to Colin Coward, Mike Tomlin said he had heard from somebody who just Mike, he said you have no idea the stuff that never even got out about that guy. I bet now you know Gruden. Rick, as well as anybody, he covered the guy for for yeah. a million years. You do the best, years, John, yeah. do a better Gruden than than Caliendo does, and uh, and you know, and you know enough of Antonio Brown. How, is is he will Gruden will Gruden kill him before the year is over, or is Gruden the type of coach like, hey man, do what you're gonna do, and like, or, or can like actually an Antonio Brown thrive under Gruden? You know what I mean? Like some coaches, some uh, coaches look, I, like can can embrace John- like those those diva types guys yeah John guy?
1: John is all about like John is all about talent right mm-hmm. I don't care what he did as long as he can run an option route you know what I mean I mean he he's the guy that that will take I mean I hate to say this look at some of the people they brought in here Jeremy yeah. Stevens David Boston right Michael mm-hmm. Pittman after two domestic violence situations right it didn't matter right you know I ain't mean, Uh, You know, so he's all about talent. Yeah. He'll manage the rest. Now, he doesn't want you to get suspended, you know, and he doesn't want you to get hurt. (laughs) Like those two things. John had a great tolerance for everybody else's pain except, you know, his (laughs) own. And uh, I don't even want to see those guys in the training room, man. I tell them to get out of there, you know. And so I can only imagine, like, when the news came back to him that, you know, that Brown Brown had burned his feet. He had frostbite in a, because a, he had a cryogenic shamer. It's like cryo what? Was that <laughs> what was he trying to do what? So you could just imagine like his like I'm sure privately, because I know John, every time you walk away from him, he's gonna drop some bombs on you. Yeah. Um I'm sure privately, you know, he's swearing. But notice how he had his players back, right? He did. Like he, he, he wants Antonio Brown defend, to yeah. succeed. He Ultimately. did. He
3: he defended the whole the, foster- the helmet foster- thing. Yep. Yeah, and the helmet and everything. Yeah, he, he's totally defended them. You
1: yeah, know, I mean, I'm, I'm, at one I'm, point if- I expected him to say, "I don't know why we gotta wear helmets." You know what I mean? They <laughs> used to wear leather helmets, man. I think we you should. You know, go there back was a that. theory
3: a couple years ago, and this is something that yeah, that years Joe Paterno years ago used to was an advocate for this of saying, "You want to end concussions in football? Take helmets off. Well, take yeah. the take the face mask off." That'll yeah. end. That'll end concussions because guys won't leave with their head anymore. They'll tackle with their shoulders. <laughs> well, like like it's nineteen forty two, Princeton versus New York College. Oh, yeah. or whatever. But still, yeah,
1: a <laughs> lot of broken noses though.
3: <laughs> be, yeah, a couple <laughs> chicklets getting knocked out. Other than that, <laughs> That's right? Guys will be able to know their names when they're eighty. I mean, hey, in
1: hockey they never used to wear helmets. So let me ask you this: Are the are the hits worse now because they wear them?
3: Oh, I think so. Yeah, players yeah. are. My, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so but I wouldn't would be- go on I would. I would never play hockey without a helmet. Uh, those no. guys are crazy, but yeah, I'm not, I'm also wondering too, with the, with the Raiders thing with Gruden Rick that like deep down, I don't know that this is killing him that because you, you know, who's hurt most from Antonio Brown, not being there, Derek Carr. This is, this is hurting oh, yeah. Derek Carr more than it hurts anybody else. Sure. And, uh, and I don't know that John Gruden thinks Derek Carr in the long run is their quarterback, you know? Um, so maybe, maybe Gruden doesn't mind that Antonio Brown missing half a training camp because I'm not sure he cares if Derek Carr has a good year. Well, his
1: not. backup is Mike Glennon, so he should care.
3: No, I know, but I, I don't think he wants – they're going to have to make a decision on Derek Carr at some point.
1: They will. I think for $3 million they can get out of what he, what they have left on his contract next year. So if they tank – but I I don't – you know, this, this idea that teams, you know, look at next year's draft and say, wow, there's two or three quarterbacks. I mean, maybe Miami is doing that to some extent. I don't know. Although they did trade for Josh Rosen, um, but like, I don't care who you are. If I've got one of these thirty-two jobs, I don't want to get my brains beat in just so I can draft a guy. I mean, there came a point with Lovey Smith's first year where it was like, yeah, cool, we're going to get one of the two quarterbacks. You know what? I just as soon have the one I want. Let's let's throw the t- the New Orleans game in the in the final week, which they absolutely did. By the way, sure. Las Vegas shouldn't have paid a dime to anybody on that game. They completely they completely chucked it. Um, but that said, I don't think he may starts the season and says, right. "You know what? I if we Derek Carr doesn't work out, we'll 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 go two and fourteen and draft one of these other guys." Like, because you really have to have like a horrible right. You got to win three games or less.
3: And there's there's always going to be another team out there that's just as bad as you are, or
1: worse. Yeah, or worse. exactly. So
3: what you're saying is that that when tanking does happen in the NFL, it probably doesn't happen until. It probably, well, lady. I mean, I, like look, don't I think, realize you don't realize you don't realize you need to tank until you get well deep, well into the season.
1: Yeah, I mean, how confident are you? I mean, do you go to your owner like you're the Dolphins' new coach? Do you go to your owner Stephen Ross and you say, "Look, um, I know I got like a four-year deal or whatever it is, five-year deal. So this first year, we're going to try to we're going to try not to win many games so that we can get one of these top two quarterbacks. You good with that?" And in the meantime, what do you tell your other 53 guys every right. week? Right. I mean, how, these are professional athletes, right? And in as much as people think there's a big difference between teams, I'm here to tell you there's not. You know? I mean, Bill Belichick wins with Tom Brady. I get that. But but look at the other cast of, of characters that he runs through there. You know, these are not household names, in, in, you know, when they get to New England. They, they just, he finds a way to put them in position to win. So – I just think that it's it's hard to tell a staff of guys whose dream it is to coach in the NFL, hey, boys, um, we're going to lose and we're going to lose big, and it's going to be good for all of us, you know, yeah, just hang in there for one season. I I don't think that happens. Now, do teams – like, I think, you know, there is an argument to make. Like, Miami, did they do the right thing? They tore it up. Should the Bucs have tore it up? Should the Bucs have said, uh, eh, you know what, seen enough of Winston – uh, not going to sign any free agents. JPP, we're cutting him. We're cutting McCoy. We're cutting, hell, we're cutting everybody except the guys we re-signed, like Mike Evans and Donovan Smith and Ali Marpet. We're starting over because we're this group here is not. We're not going to get there with this quarterback. We're not going to get there with this guy. Um, so let's just let's tear it up. That's what Miami
3: did. And, and they're the rare, They're the. They're the exception. They're because Rick and you're right. This is such a crazy league that I. That other than New England, throw New England out because it's just right. they're, they're the they're outliers, just, sure. Yeah, they yeah. But everybody else, I don't I have no idea what kind of team they're gonna have. I'm telling you, every I was watching a thing the other day about the Browns. Somebody Ugh. has oh, I think Cleveland could go to the Super Bowl. No Yeah, way. you know what? They might go to the Super Bowl and they might win three games. I don't yeah, I know. agree with
1: that. Yeah.
3: <laughs> you know, every team in that division, except okay, maybe Cincinnati, but every team that the Steelers Steelers still think they can win a Super Bowl. They might go out and win five games. I don't know the Bravens, Same way, you know, we talk about, and I love college football as much as anybody. I'll tell you that, but everybody talks about, oh, well, college football is so much more interesting than pro football. I disagree. College football. I can name you the ten teams right now that are probably going to be in the mix, and they because I the can same. name you. To,
1: I can name you three that are going to win the national title, and only three. You ready? Yeah. Alabama, Clemson, or Georgia.
3: Yeah, I was I'm waiting. Done. For, yeah, the I'm third done. one. All right, you're done, and then, oh, and then who else gonna be? Ohio State will be in the mix. Michigan maybe. Michigan and Ohio
1: State might get in it somewhere. Maybe a Pac-12 team or a big maybe a a team Washington, surprises yeah, you. Yeah, then, yeah But, they, but the Oklahoma. teams that can actually yeah. win a national championship, there are three: Alabama, okay. Clemson, and uh, and Georgia is the new one. But I'm going to give it to Georgia because they got Jake Fromm, and and you know they they, they should have beaten Alabama in the last two years. Right. So I'll I'll give you that. So that's it, folks. And so how a, is that better than the NFL? No, now, it's I, not. I'm with you. I love college football. Sure. I love Saturdays. I love the pageantry, but really, on any given schedule, there's about three games that matter.
3: <laughs> yeah, oh, on, a, on, a college, on a college on one schedule. college team schedule.
1: Yeah. yeah, like I mean, you know, Georgia okay, will play
3: three games that matter. Four games, right?
1: Yeah. Three that they might really have to to, to show up and, and be have their A game. You know what I mean? The rest, they're going to roll Mississippi State. Right. They're going to roll. You know. Kentucky I mean Kentucky actually was pretty good last year but you know what I'm saying like there's yeah. just not that many games Florida they're going to have to come to work you right. know
3: but to, um, but to your point about tanking or not tanking in the NFL I like if you're a team like Jacksonville going in if you'd have told me uh, you know midway through last year what's what's this year going to be like you got no chance. You know, Tennessee's good, and, and yeah. the Colts are good. And all of a sudden, now here we are in August. I don't know if Andrew Luck, when he's ever playing again.
1: You got Nick Foles now at quarterback. Yeah, you got you Nick were, Foles at
3: quarterback. Yeah. You know, your defense, uh, you know. All they we were Tennessee. one quarter
1: away from going to the Super Bowl two years ago.
3: Every team, in that division, every team in that division thinks they can win that division. The yeah. Colts, the Titans, the Jaguars, the Texans, they all think mm-hmm. they can win that division. Man, you know, maybe they can. or not? And then Why you not? get in. Who knows what happens? So yeah. you're right. I'll tell you
1: now. I don't think the Bucks can win the NFC South.
3: I don't. I don't think so either. But I, but can, but they, weird can they finish second? Can they finish second and win nine or ten games? A,
1: absolutely. I think
3: they're a six and ten team at best. I because I just I hate their well, defense. I hate their defense. But it'll I, be
1: better. I mean, Bulls. Bulls. will you know, he'll do some things. I mean, you know, you can do some things on defense. He'll he'll. The illusion of pressure, he'll create some pressure and, and whatnot. They just don't have enough guys yet on that side of the ball. It's they such a crazy
3: – it's such a quarterback-driven league, though, Rick. That, and I'm totally. not wishing this on anybody, but you say they can't win the division. Well, what if something it, happens to Drew Brees yeah. or Drew Cam Brees News. tears his MCL the first Absolutely. week of the year. All that's of a sudden, that, that's not we're wide open. Now it's wide Changes open. Changes the picture. Sure yep. it does. Yeah.
1: Absolutely yeah. does. We mentioned college uh, football. Hey, they're coming to your city. <laughs> college game day. The week before the Florida Miami game, which is week zero in college football,
3: you know where they're going. I ha- I think I saw something about this, but I'm not sure. So they're go going ahead. to Disney World. Okay. Disney World. And now here's the
1: thing about about all right. We all yeah. know I love college game day. College game sure. day to me is you know that's that boy. That's the sign. Right. Fall is here. Um, it's best Saturday. Pre- best
3: pregame show on oh, in history of television.
1: Fantastic show. And the great thing is, you know, you get you get the the atmosphere on the college campuses. Okay, well. This time, they're going to start out at Disney. Disney. Okay. But but here's the thing. No signs allowed. Must pay for park admission. I mean, oh is this really God. game day? Are they going to allow the Washington flag that has been there for every episode since they started? I mean, what, what is this?
3: They're charging people to get in to they're game day? They're
1: charging you a park fee to go watch college game day. I, I assume maybe you can use the rides afterwards. I don't know. But no That's,
3: signs? No signs. No, no, I, I up, I got signs. Can I bring signs on my two hands? <laughs> it's straight, I no. Got, I got a no figure hands. On, I got a figure on <laughs> on each hand that has a sign. How's that? Can I bring that sign. You got to be kidding me, man. That's exactly. a, that's awful. What? Yeah. Did, Walt Disney's kids, uh, grandkids, or grand great grandkids losing it to track? They need the money for. <laughs> <laughs> really? I mean, why would you invite? I mean, this
1: is an enterprise, obviously owned by ESPN, sure. which is owned by abc or disney Corp- corporation and so it's their it's their property but like no signs i guess well you know some of those signs are a little risque and so we got we got children in the park and you know but that's just if you're gonna do that you then, then it's not
2: college game day right okay and it won't look not. like college
3: game day and everybody no. will kill it for not looking like college game and, and they'll deserve to get killed for it because you're gonna watch those you're gonna watch you you know we'll watch it because it's college game day and and sure just not now. I'm just looking at people standing behind people. Like, I guess that's that's dumb. That's a bad idea. And and it it just reminds you. Just the here we are. It's just you get reminded first thing on a Saturday morning cultural. You get all excited. Like oh, the you just I all of a sudden everything's going through my head. It's all about money. They're making this money. Fake. Yeah. They, well, you know, you know how everybody's I feel about making money athletics. except for one. Except for one group of people aren't yeah. making any money.
1: Yeah, those guys. The athletes. How about, You're getting a oh, free what, education though, Tommy. Oh
3: well, well, I you you boy, you converted <laughs> me, man. I used to be the I used to be. They're getting a free education. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I'm telling you right now, if if they allow all those kids, uh, if they charge people into Disney for game day, if they turn around and, and gave that money to some sort of player pool, then then I'm all in. I'm all in on it. They
1: can't because the NCAA won't know, allow those know, guys to be paid. I know paid. they can't do yeah. So, so we're true. coming to Epcot or where, how's that, how's that song going to go down? I'm not exactly <laughs> sure. Um, okay. Let's get into, uh, your business there at the pointer, uh, dot org. You can read Tom's, uh, newsletter. Hey, I got something to week.
3: pump. This is, I feel like I'm on a, like, like we used to do radio and have, Hey, yeah, Dave, man. Tom, tell us about your upcoming event. Tell us we, about
1: your upcoming, uh, Campbell we, soup ad. We, we no, we do
3: have, we do have a, it's something called community conversation, which, um, we, 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 different leaders from around the community come in every now and then and and give a talk or interviewed and they asked me to bring it in dickie v baby on uh on september 17th yeah september 17th at the palladium in downtown st pete um so go to pointer.org uh slash vital and you could check it out there's uh vip tickets for 100 bucks you can come to the reception and hang out with dickie v or you could go to the uh there's just a Q&A. Uh, for thirty-five dollars, and he'll talk an hour and a half. Talk about his career. Talk about his uh, talk about college basketball. September seventeenth at uh, Palladium. Come on, come on down. Check it out. That's but, uh, awesome. Go to with dot org slash vital. Check it out.
1: Yeah, let me ask you a uh, a news a news question, a news media yeah. question, if you will. Did you see this uh, this bit about about Fredo and Cuomo? Oh <laughs> this comment that apparently was made. So it's,
3: yeah, it's in my pointer newsletter again. Here's another plug: sign up for my pointer newsletter. Absolutely dot Get it every morning in your inbox. It's free. Um, yeah, I did see it. First off, amazing sound quality. You know, usually those yeah. like fights between two guys are you know everything's scrambling and it looks like you're watching a player witch project or something. But this was actually pretty good. Like the and the audio was great. You first off, Chris Cuomo can't do that. He can't. And then for anybody that didn't hear hear what happened. And you can see the video; it's R-rated, very R-rated. So don't, you know, make sure you, if you're listening to work, work. put your headphones on. But he, uh, I guess, he was at a bar in New York, and but he was kind of with his family. looked like a bar restaurant, looked kind of like a nice place. And I guess somebody called him Fredo, which I never knew. Maybe, you know, maybe I'm just totally ignorant about the whole thing. I didn't realize that was an insult. When you call somebody Fredo, it's a apparently reference.
1: if you're of Italian descent, it is. Yeah,
3: it's a reference to The Godfather because Fredo was the sort of the dim-witted brother of them all, you know. And I guess some conservatives, uh, some of the some of the, uh, people uh, call him Fredo, uh, making fun of him. And now I think Rush Limbaugh takes credit now for for coming okay. up with that nickname. Um, and then of course Trump tweeted out yesterday. I thought he was Fredo, um, <laughs> but. <laughs> never yeah, missing but, an opportunity. No, but it, but yeah, I saw it like you can't you can't react like he did, but I'm glad he did cuz it made for fun television. I or I, I did you, you what did you think when you saw it? You, I was with you. I
1: didn't know that was a thing for starters. I thought, you know, this is one of those deals where you have to remember and it doesn't matter like if you're in the media or just, uh, you know, somebody else, but um man, somebody's always recording you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we live in a world now, of twenty-four-seven surveillance. If you think right. about it, I mean, everybody has a phone, right? It mm-hmm. seems. I mean, I don't know who wouldn't have a phone at this point, and that means everyone can be videotaped right. from any part of your life. In fact, I might be videotaped right now. I don't know. Maybe Valerie put a phone where I'm doing <laughs> this, but um, but it is like you have to be completely like aware of that. You know, I don't, and it's a hard thing to teach kids and stuff like that. Like, hey, careful what you say out in public, because you never – but you know they put their lives on social media. I mean, our my son's generation, your son's generation is probably the first one whose entire life, cradle to grave, will be documented, right? Right. Yeah, like yeah. a document. Like there's video and and pictures and something on Facebook. I'm sure that your 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 wife or or, or you know my wife has posted. So it's it's just it's just a reminder. And and you know what's funny is is that this is a news guy who's used to hearing these tapes. Coming from other figures, right? Um, so it didn't, yeah, it didn't sound good. But I, I'm with you. I didn't know that that was a smear. So now I'll be careful. Not yeah, he to, compared not it to the
3: N-word. That. And I, look, I'm not, I'm not Italian, so I don't know. Right, I don't know. But, yeah. I, but to compare it to the N-word seems like pretty strong. That's a pretty strong statement yeah. right there. So I don't, I don't, know if that's if that's true or not. People, maybe people, some people listening could could tell us but i mean again for an insult like uh, you know you, you just he, he even admitted i can't take the bait like that but i think there are a lot of people that actually respect him sean hannity oddly enough uh, from fox news actually supported chris cuomo because i'm guessing he's gotten it too sean hannity's probably gotten it too he when he goes out in public i'm sure he hears remarks as well yeah um uh, you know and i don't know what what they would call him but i'm sure he, he gets insulted um so it, it was it was kind of interesting to see him support Chris Cuomo, but the other part, Chris Cuomo. I mean, at one point he goes, "I'll bleep and ruin you, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'll I'll bleep and ruin your bleep," which was I was like, "I will give Chris Cuomo credit. Like he he's a good trash talker. I don't know if he could fight it all. He almost found out, but." He was. He certainly wins the try. He, he wins the pre-fight. He wins the weigh-in. He's, weigh in, he's a
2: good. He's a good kid from the neighborhood. You know that back in Brooklyn. I was that's scared i him. do it. I
3: was like, if I was. Hey, one, come on! You don't think he's Chris has gotten a few
2: scraps before? Come on! He looks like I'll he tell you. It. It. Like, like I said, ta- Mucci, he, him and Mooch have probably gone at it a few times. Don't you <laughs> Although
3: it could have been like that
2: was the old. Remember the old Eddie Murphy skit
3: one time? Where he said you just talk a bunch of trash <laughs> he's at the at the uh, to a guy. He said he almost got a fight with an Italian guy one time, and he goes he started talking a bunch of trash like. Come on, come on And all of a sudden The guy goes Come on and He goes Oh well, now I gotta fight him now, I, now, I, we're actually, now we're doing this So You gotta be careful With the trash talk But I was impressed With Chris Cuomo's Trash talk game if I'll say that
1: Tom Jones has a pretty good trash talk game, and you can read him on pointer.org. How do we sign up for the newsletter, Tommy?
3: Just go to pointer.org. I'm sure my face is on there somewhere. Just click on it. <laughs> and uh, and, it'll, and uh, you'll Everybody be able to would reading.
1: love to click on Click, <laughs> click on, your on face. my face. Yeah, they would. Absolutely. A lot of people. Yep. All right. Well, thanks again. Good to be with my former radio partner and former columnist of the Tampa Bay Times. Joins us here about every week or so. Thanks, Tom. Talk to you soon. Always good to catch up with our Fredo, Tom Jones, of course. Hey, we're one week away from uh, college football. Florida against Miami in Orlando. Of course, the Rays begin their series tonight against the Tigers. And on Monday, we'll recap all the action from the Bucks and Dolphins preseason game. So hope you have a great weekend. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times.